What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Pinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Dimantobano. Fellas, how are we feeling? We got a massive, massive podcast episode today. We got the big board rankings. We're going through our top 25 on the big board. But before we get to that, it's even a bigger day because Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. Everybody clap it up. Joe Douglas, you are the fucking man. Jets Super Bowl 2024. Fellas, how are we feeling? Riding high? I'm riding fucking high. I feel like it's only fair that we should discuss a little bit. And I'll, I'll let Ray kind of sprinkle in because, dude, the, the kid is fucking bricked up over there. I can tell just in his eyes, especially with that Jets bucket hat on. But we, I really want us to also talk devil's advocate on this trade and what people are saying on Twitter, going through the Twitter sphere. Fair enough. Ray. How are we feeling? I can say something. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never done uh, ketamine before, but I feel like this is what it would be like. <laughs> I, this is what I'm imagining. <laughs> like when like when I read that, I was when I read that it finally happened. I was like, okay, thank God, that's a weight off the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to uh, get into the draft. Now we can mock uh, accurately with knowing what the compensation was. And hey, once we win the Super Bowl, no one's gonna be complaining about that fucking first we gave up next year. So who cares? Who cares? God, I'm pumped up. Let, yeah, so pumped up. Actually couldn't be more excited. I was dying when you sent me mood and, uh, well, a picture with the caption mood and it was how far I'll go uh, it, by Moana. Uh, anyone who knows that, shout out. Uh, insane song. And, uh, and I was dying of laughter. And that's exactly how I felt. I was on top of the world. Even though this was almost set in stone for, I don't know how long, a month now. On the six weeks, I think they said six weeks. Six weeks. I honestly felt it felt like years. But uh, after the Pat McAfee show, let's really get into the compensation because let's be real, that was not. It was a little bit more than we were expecting it would be. It looked Um, like the Packers kind of did have a little bit of leverage. Yeah, let's let's talk about the compensation. So the Jets obviously receive Aaron Rodgers. They have a pick swap this year, first round pick. So they're swapping thirteen. They're moving to fifteen. Uh, the Jets also pick up a 2023 fifth round pick. It's pick 170. And then the Packers, like I said, they move up to pick 13 in this draft. They get number 42 in the second round, a sixth round pick, 207, and then a conditional 2024 second round pick, which becomes a first round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. So I think compensation wise, this is kind of what we had been talking about. For a little while, I think our compensation projection was a two this year prior to us trading Elijah Moore for that additional second round pick and then a conditional 2024 pick, which would likely become a first round pick based on passing incentives. This doesn't have that, but with the pick swap and then the fifth round pick and the sixth round pick, I think we almost hit it right on the head. I think this is about what we were expecting. But I don't know. You guys tell me. Do you think this was too much? I don't think so. I mean, I I don't think it was too much, especially based off of that you got, you know, you got the compensation for Elijah, which obviously helps lessen this blow because you really want to get into this draft and, and, and address some needs on this team, you know, before you make the Super Bowl push. And you were able to go out in the offseason, get some wide receiver talent to, you know, fill in the void and also the 
the brutal culture guy that Elijah Moore was that just does not align to the, with his Jets team at all. But I definitely think where it hurts a bit is you're basically almost guaranteeing you're giving that first round pick. I know that we talked a lot about we were thinking it would be a it would be a second and next year's third with a conditional to going to the second or the first based off of him playing another year, aka playing 2025 a second year. And uh, the fact that it was basically saying that it was an automatic first if he hits 65% this year and does not guarantee anything on the following year, that's where I thought we were a little bit wrong. And that's where, obviously, you know, it was a little bit more, a little bit more we had to give up, which is, which is definitely reasonable. I, right. The one, the one thing I'll say about that conditional pick, and I, I brought it up to you guys when it happened, if he plays 65% of the the snaps, let's say, well, we're going to round it up to 70%. If he's playing that many snaps, the Jets most likely are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that pick is in the late 20s and probably going to be 32 because we're going to win the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. So I don't really give a fuck about that. Um, Ray, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just think I thought the conditions were going to be a little stricter for it to be a one. I would have assumed it would have been like a playoff win or two, something along the lines, like something uh, just team success oriented. But I don't really care. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> the, he's immediately the best quarterback we've ever had in on the franchise. So best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. It's fucking surreal. I mean, it's, I, this is a team that they have too much young talent. There was a gaping hole at quarterback. The only person available in the offseason who could make them a Super Bowl contender was Aaron Rodgers. You had to go get him. Um, the, the moving back to fifteen, that's like negligible to me. I don't really give a fuck about that. I want to. I want to trade back again personally, but. Um, yeah, I just a little bit of a more lenient condition, but I don't really care. So that's where yeah. I'm at right now. M- moving. I, told, to- I mean, I told, I told you guys, I think maybe three days after the stalemate ha- started happening, I would have given up 13 in a second. Just, I, I was, <laughs> I was not in a mood for a staring contest. Joe Douglas played it out. Uh, he had to concede a little bit extra than we originally thought, but who cares? Right. He definitely had to concede a little bit more than, than I think we originally thought, but you had to get it done. That was your only option was to go and get Aaron Rodgers. You couldn't let it drag out. And if you really look at it, I mean, if it's a first next year, you traded a first Elijah Moore and a three based on the compensation between 13 and 15 and in a week draft. I don't even care about that. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. That's a sick trade, honestly. So it's also funny, too, just how like all these Packer fans are saying that they won, but rewind. Uh, six weeks ago, they were saying that Aaron Rodgers going to cost at least two first round picks, yeah. uh, and uh, and Sauce <laughs> right. Gardner and Quinnen Williams, uh, you know, so uh, a bunch of fucking hillbilly buffoons. Who cares? Right. And and that and that, <laughs> and now we're also hearing that Rodgers is going to rework the contract big time, which I think possibly lends himself lends itself to him playing two years. Honestly, yeah, that guy is so petty. Have I've to wait to see what what comes out for that contract. I've said this. This guy is so petty. I love it. This guy wants to fuck over the Green Bay Packers so bad. He does not want them to succeed at all right now. So if that means him playing an extra year, he's going to do it. I really do think he ends up playing two years for the Jets, which is would be a home run in this scenario. So the boys are fired up. Jets Super Bowl 2024. Lock it up. Get your bets in now. Um, but all right, fellas, let's let's move on to the big board mainstay for this podcast uh the way this is going to go we're going to go through each of our top tens because i think our top tens are are fairly similar 
going to talk about some guys that maybe we have a little bit higher or lower than consensus based on our rankings. And then we're going to go in five player increments up to 25. And then we'll talk about some guys who just missed at the end. But Ray, start us off here. One through 10. How's your big board stacking up? Yeah, so mine's a little different than you'll see most places, I feel like. So one, I got Jalen Carter still. Two, CJ Stroud. Three, Bryce Young. Four, Will Anderson. Five, I got Bijan Robinson in there, running back. Uh, six, Tyree Wilson. Seven, Christian Gonzalez. Eight, Pete Skaronsky. Nine, Paris Johnson Jr. And then 10, Devin Witherspoon. Nice. Dean, what do you got? I got at one, Bryce Young. Two, Bijan Robinson. Three, Will Anderson. Four, Peter Skaronsky. Five, Jalen Carter, six, Tyree Wilson, seven, C.J. Stroud, eight, Christian Gonzalez, nine, Devin Witherspoon, and then 10, Paris Johnson Jr. Cool, and I'll round us out here. I have Jalen Carter at one, two. Still think he's the best player in the draft. I have Bryce Young at two, Dijon Robinson at three, Will Anderson at four, C.J. Stroud at five, Peter Skaronsky at six, Christian Gonzalez at seven, Paris Johnson Jr. at eight, Roger Jones at nine, and then I have Anthony Richardson as my number 10 player. Um, Ray, where do you want to start in your top 10? Anybody that you have lower or higher? I mean, I think just start at the top with Jalen Carter. I think me and you both agree. I think he's on tape. He's the best player in this draft class. Um, People are obviously a little concerned with that off-the-field issue and the legal troubles he experienced, but that's all settled now. I don't think he's going to face any suspension or anything. It's kind of just... It is what it is, so I'm not overly concerned about that, as sketchy as it may be. And on tape, is his only flaw is just, I think, when the pace gets pressed a little bit too much, he can be a little bit winded, but he's a big guy. They're going to be rotating a lot in the NFL, so I just think he's an impact player from the interior, and I think he's clearly the uh, best pass rusher of the of the group, edge or interior. Right. I also have, have Jalen Carter at one, and I, I completely agree. All the football stuff, this guy's awesome. He dominated the entire year at Georgia. Dean, you have Jalen Carter at five. Talk to us a little bit about that decision to have some of those guys ahead of him. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think his tape is right up there. I, I genuinely think the best tape that I probably watched in all of this draft class obviously needs to be B. John Robinson, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and sneakily up there is honestly – Devon Devin Witherspoon, which I'll I'll discuss later why he's going to be a little bit lower, but still a beast. But um, when it came down to Jalen Carter, I I could not in good faith. I'm not dropping him out of a tier. Uh, I I believe my first tier is is my is like really one to five, so he would be capping it off. And he like I you know like you guys said, he does have just amazing tape and and really good. You know, you could have a really good argument that it is the best, but I think it was close enough. And when you pair that with it, you cannot ignore the character issues, what went on. And honestly, it's not it's beyond what we know as far as the character issues he has, as far as the the legal trouble that he has potentially ran into. It's been talked about in the league. Tom McShay has said it several, several times before the legal trouble stuff came out that he has a lot more off the field issues than we even know. And I'm not looking to really take that kind of risk, especially with a a premier 
pick, which is going to be one, two, three, four. I really think where he's going to land is at number five or number six. I do not think he will be a top four pick, and I feel very confident in that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's crazy. Um, I think people have been saying that the floor is ten, even with some of the off the field issues with Philly. But we're also hearing a lot of things that there's no shot he even gets to ten. I think six to nine. There's a a bunch of places that he that he could have a home where he has a sweet spot. Um, so I don't disagree with you at all. Anybody else you guys want to bring up? I definitely have to bring up my nine ten. Well, I was going to ask you. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe I misheard. Did you not have Tyree Wilson in your top ten? I do not. I have Tyree at eleven. Ooh, okay. Um, Ooh, we'll save that. We'll save that for the next little five group. But who do you want to talk about? And uh, who's your nine ten? Uh, so nine nine is Broderick Jones. Uh, this guy's just been a massive riser for me throughout the the whole process. I really love this tape. Really love what he put out at the combine. Continuing to watch tape, I just think he has all the makings of being an elite left tackle in the league. This guy's an absolute mauler in the run game, and he think he's even though Paris Johnson is a damn good athlete, this guy moves so fluid so easily think he probably has the highest upside of any of these tackles in the class so it is a little bit of projection based but I think this guy could easily be a top five left tackle in the league which is just so valuable in today's NFL so it's kind of the reason why I have him so high um and that's what kind of where I where I landed at nine um I'll talk about Richardson a little bit too right now because i because i am higher than than you guys this is another guy that i was higher on than both of you guys when we did our qb rankings way back when and again this guy has just consistently been a riser for me the combine just enhanced what what we already knew about him but i think with his rushing ability and his arm he has a pretty safe floor i would say even if you have to sit him for a year i just think the rushing ability and the big playability, you can kind of live and die by that if you have him on your roster. Again, depends how your roster is constructed on, on the offensive end. Um, but I just think his highs are too high for me to leave him out of my top 10. Um, and I thought watching tape, he consistently got better throughout throughout the year with his with his throws, playing in the pocket. This guy is so tough, and everything you hear from from teams interviewing him, this guy is an all-world person. Um, so I really love Anthony Richardson. I think sky is the limit for him. So I kind of even wanted to get a little higher, but, uh, I had to, I had to pull in the reins a little bit for myself, but I have him pretty comfortably at 10. I feel like no one's, no one's denying the ceiling. It's pretty evident to see he runs like an absolute, like just freak. And then his arm is up there with the best in the class. I think right with Will Levis, just, I just wish he went back to school one more year, man. I just wish there was just more t- one more year tape for this guy. Even if it wasn't with Florida, even if he had to transfer out and just go to an offensive scheme, I just I just think there's just so much he has so much to learn. He needs I think he really needs to sit, but at the same time, it's a catch twenty two. He needs reps too. So it's just a weird situation that he's in. I just would have loved to see him back in college for one more year. Right. Yeah, I mean it's really gonna depend gonna be dependent on where he gets drafted, what what team and what plan they have for him. Because, I mean, you mentioned the ceiling. I mentioned the floor, too. I think his floor is super high, honestly, just with his rushing ability. You're going to put him out on the football field, 
and he's just going to be able to make plays just based off of his pure athleticism. I mean, you saw, I know they're not a great team, but Justin Fields making plays in the NFL. This guy is way more talented than Justin Fields. Um, I don't know. I, I think I disagree on all counts. Um, if you if you high floor means he'll be on Sports Center a couple times, then yeah, sure, he'll be on Sports Center and get a lot of hype for a few years. I think as a floor, but I don't know if his floor is high in regards to he'll be a ten year starter, like like no matter what. Like but I think Bryce Young, regardless, like, obviously injury, barring injuries, he's a ten year starter. How high how high he can go, how far he can take a team is one thing, but. With Anthony Richardson, he's de- there's definitely a flame out possibility. I know what you're saying with the legs and everything just, that will keep him on the field and keep him in the league, but high floor is kind of crazy. I think the legs and the and just the arm with the big play. I think you can just live and die by deep shots and his legs. I really I, do. I honestly, I honestly think that that only applies to the new aged NFL and the way the NFL is going. So I totally agree with you. But I def I but I also see what Ray is saying because wow is his lows like I'm talking about in the dumps like they are in they're not even in the basement they're like where you keep the fucking president when there's like a a you know a, a bunker a bunker Dean purchase. bunker yeah yeah in the bunker you know how it's like fucking eighty floors down I, some of the shit he does is that he's it's like the president's bunker during a national emergency but uh but. I definitely see where you're what you're getting at, and no one would ever be able to dispute just the potential as being all world. It really is. It's just so crazy for him, for everyone, but him in particular. I think by him more than anyone in the class, fit and just where he goes, it's just it's everything. It's just it means so much. It's the difference right. between him being a Hall of Famer and working at fucking Popeyes in a couple of years. <laughs> Obviously, a little bit of an exaggeration, but you got. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else in uh, in your top tens that you guys want to mention? Um, I just want to touch on J- my boy CJ Stroud. I have him as QB one, number two overall. I do think he's the best po- pure pocket pass in this class. I think just his accuracy, his ability to layer the ball through all all parts of the field is just it's rare, and I think it's unmatched in this class. I know he's been getting a lot of flack for the um, what was it S two? Is that what it's called? This cognition yeah. test? Yeah. But, apparently, he's a dumb big dummy. Yeah. I, I mean, hey intellects intellects uh different you know you know it's um what's the word i'm looking for relative relative (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah that's what dean says too but yeah i mean i I think he's he's got the best of both worlds he's got the accuracy he's got the size he's got the reps he's got the tape so i'm really curious to see where he ends up going i know a lot of people are talking about him falling outside the top five i don't see it but curious to see where he goes i don't either but hey vegas is always right and as we're getting really, really close, and this is around the time where Vegas is starting to, starts to heavily, heavily, heavily hint at what happens. You know what his over under is? Uh no, but I know that he, I know that he's plus four fifty for the two spot and the no, number one spot. He's yeah, is not uh, happening. And the number four spot uh, with Indy for Indy to take him, not even the four spot, but for just Indy to take him. Unless there's a guy, unless there's a team that's going to trade up with the Cardinals to get to three, uh, I know that the I, I'm pretty sure AR has better odds. Richardson's high, better odds. So it, it's it's hey, Vegas is definitely implying it. We still have a few days for these lines to get a little brazy, but this is around the time um, that we were starting to get the picture of what happened last year. And usually, you know, barring barring some elite smoke screens. We, 
from NFL teams, we're just finding out that they're really not that good at smoke screening. Honestly, we, we kind of know around now to about Tuesday, Wednesday, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll just very, very quickly talk about Skaronski. I have him the highest of us. I have him at number four. I mean, this guy, I mean, 32 and a quarter inch arms. I, I just cannot believe after we've seen in recent years, the best lineman prospects in several draft classes over the past few years be discounted and then taken third, fourth, over a third or fourth tackle or or guard overall in a draft, and they end up being just exactly how they were in college. And even though they have slightly smaller arms, these guys that are elite prospects, it does not matter. His are slightly smaller, but everything else, he's just the easy mover of a of human beings. It's just it's just that simple. And he's going to be, in my opinion, for my dollar, the most for sure uh double, if you want to get a little diamond talky right now. Uh he's gonna be the most the I would say the f- best for sure double in this draft class. All right. I can respect that. Sometimes you gotta go floor. All right, fellas. Let's uh let's move on to the next five. So we'll go through eleven through fifteen. Ray, who you got? So 11, I got my boy Darnell Wright from Tennessee. 12, I got Miles Murphy from Clemson. 13, QB3, Will Levis for me. Uh, 14, I got your boy, Roderick Jones. And then 15, legitimately my guy. I think I'm the only one in, with him in my big board, uh, BJ Ojolari. So, yeah, nice. I guess I, I don't know if you want me to run through just like my two, I guess my two favorites in that little group. Uh, yeah, Darnell, Darnell Wright, uh, he's my offensive tackle three. I'm obsessed with this player. Uh, I think he's a surefire. I think Dean was talking about floor in regards to Skaronski, and I do agree on that, but I think Darnell Wright's like a an easy 10-year pro at right tackle. You don't really need to think about the position where he's playing. Just plug him in and let him go. He's got super strong punch. He's really aggressive. I think once he starts using that aggression a little bit more consistently in the run game too, he's going to be a complete player. I think he's going to be a pro baller. I really do. I'm, I'm obsessed with this guy. I may even sprinkle him uh, to be first tackle taken by the Bears. Ooh. I, I, I want to say plus 450 he was at last I checked. I still want to sprinkle wow, him that that's a little it? Bit. Yeah, it's, it's not as high as you'd think. I mean, that's pretty good, right, considering yeah. he's probably one of three. I don't know if you count – do they count Skaronsky as a tackle? Yeah, I mean, at first lineman. Sorry, first offensive lineman. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then a, also, just before Dean goes, B.J. Ojolari at 15 – I, I know um, I'm probably higher on him the most, but he's a super young uh, edge. I think he's not – I think he just turned 21 maybe. I'm not sure if he even turned 21 yet, to be honest. But he, he um, was a captain of LSU. He just He's a guy who just knows how to rush the passer. He's, he's got to put on a little bit more strength at the next level, I think. But I think he's, he's got all the upside in the world to be a true, true dominant force off the edge as a speed, like, finesse rusher in this league. Nice. Dean, who you got for your 11 through 15? Yeah, 11 through 15, we have Dalton Kincaid, tight end one out of Utah. Darnell Wright, my OT3, just like Ray from Tennessee. Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. 14, I have Broderick Jones out of Georgia as well. And then 15, I have Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, uh, my edge four. And I guess... Obviously, I got to just go into Dolan Kincaid. I mean, he's just going to be a surefire weapon. 
he is exactly what teams want out of a tight end. They do not care very much for the blocking capabilities, even though he does have blocking capabilities. And I firmly believe that he can be coached enough to be a a very efficient blocker in this league. But there is no doubt he is the best weapon in this tight end class. And it's, it's particularly not close in my opinion. I understand that Darnell Washington, uh, he's actually leads a lot of the, the, the metrics for receiving as far as this group goes. And he's going to be a matchup nightmare for sure, but he just does not have the wiggle and the the Kelsey like movement that Dalton Kincaid has. And it's not close. And Michael Mayer is going to be your more well-rounded tight end, but they're not in the same league as this guy. He's going to be a, a first-year com- contributor, which is very rare at the tight end position. And he's going to be a guy that I think is a, a, a 10-year starter, easy, and might, I mean, will be at a few Pro Bowls for sure. Nice. Um, I'll round us out here with 11 through 15. I got uh, Devon Witherspoon at 11, Tyree Wilson at 12, I have Michael Mayer at 13. I have Jack Smith and Jigba, first wide receiver, at 14. And then I have Darnell Wright at 15. Um, I'll touch on Tyree Wilson because I'm a little lower than than you guys. Still think he's a really, really good football player. Still have, have him as my edge two in this class. I just think the guys I have ahead of him, um, especially in my tier one, are just a little bit more solid. I know what I'm getting from those guys. These guys are all bona fide pro bowlers. Um, and then kind of in that second wave, I just feel like upside are just a little bit higher with some of my tackles compared to him. I still really like Tyree Wilson. I think he's going to be a really impactful player. Um, still think he needs to work on his hands. I think he just needs to come in with more of a plan, as as do a lot of these guys who come into the league. Um, also feel like he needs to clean up some, some technical stuff with his feet. Feel like he loops a lot on his edge rushes, especially when he's trying to burn Ben to the corner. Um, but he's a really good player. Um, have him at number 12, still my edge too. So just a little bit lower than, than you guys on him, but still like the player. I feel like he, I feel like he got a pretty high floor in my eye. I, I don't know. I just think a big, long, powerful edge like that, who can also reduce inside if need be. I think people are kind of overlooking the fact that I think he could just, even if he's not a 10 plus sack guy, I think he's going to be like a seven sack guy and just give you some really good, really good effort, really good stuff. Yeah, like a just, ton of tackles for losses on just, a, just a big power, I, I, like there's a big, powerful, versatile defensive lineman. I just think it's those guys totally are going to come great. off around. He's getting yeah. a lot of buzz at number two. I think, I just think the difference in where I have these guys ahead of him outside of Richardson is just, I know what they are already. Fair. I feel like there's a little bit more projection and honestly balancing the big board is tough, right? You're taking guys who have, who have super high floors or super high ceilings um, and trying to mesh them all together. And I just felt a little bit more comfortable having these guys ahead of him. Um, And obviously I had Richardson ahead of him because if Richardson hits, he's the best player in this draft. Um, So that's kind of where I fell on, on Tyree. But still, have him at twelve. Really like the player, and uh, let's let's keep it moving. Uh, Ray, where you got from sixteen to twenty? Yeah, so sixteen. We'll just right where you left off. I got your boy Anthony Richardson at sixteen. Uh, Seventeen, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Eighteen, Dean's boy Dalton Kincaid. Nineteen, Lucas Van Ness, and then twenty, Deontay Banks. 
I'll just go by wide receiver one, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I've uh, kind of knocked Quentin Jefferson, uh, Quentin Johnston down quite a bit recently. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's a weak wide receiver class. I mean, we saw what he did in 2021, the numbers he put up alongside Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave. But he's, I think he's just going to be a really solid pro, even if he is only a, a good wide receiver too on like a playoff team. I think it's more than enough. He's going to get do the dirty work in the slot. He's really polished route runner, and he's he's tough, dude. He ta- he he, uh, he goes over the middle of the field pretty uh, fearlessly. So I think that should that all translates. Uh, he's not the most explosive, not the flashiest, but he'll he'll do the dirty work in the NFL, and he'll carve out a nice role. Nice, Deans. Who you got? Sixteen to twenty. Sixteen to twenty. This is where uh, my QB three and QB four are going to be right side by side. Sixteen. I got Will Levis, QB three out of Kentucky. 17, I have Anthony Richardson out of Florida, QB4. 18, another Florida uh, alum, and that's going to be Osiris Torrance, uh, interior O-line one. 19, Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. And 20, I'm going to have Quentin Johnson, TCU, wide receiver one for me personally. Uh, I guess, you know, right off the bat, I'll get into Osiris Torrance because I believe I'm going to be the highest on him. I I cannot fathom and I cannot really iterate more how overlooked I think this player is. He was a guy that most people who do this for a living or are in the industry or whatever you want to say were saying that he was going to be top 10, top 15, mocking him there all day long, even throughout the college football season. And now he's falling out of people's you know, top 20, top 32, top 50, you know, big boards. They're, he's dropping out of first round mock drafts religiously. I actually rarely see him now. I just don't really understand it because his tape could not be more clean. I understand that the measurables aren't exactly what you want. But again, this is going to be something that people just flat out overlook. When these linemen are that this good, they do not really need to hold up to the standards that people want measurable wise. And Osiris Torrance is not far off of what you want. So when it comes to those measurables, so I don't really understand. And I think he's going to be a fantastic instant starter and instant contributor for a team. And he does provide you versatility at four positions. If you, if you need. Nice. Um, I'll round us out here with my 16 through 20. I got Brian branch at 16. I have Lucas Van Ness at 17, Deontay Banks at 18, Jordan Addison, my second wide receiver at 19, and then I have Miles Murphy at 20. I'll I'll go over Branch because I don't think either of you guys have him in your top 25. This one I really struggled with because I had him in for a little while, and then I had him falling for a little while, and I just had to go with my gut. This is a guy that I just turn on the tape, and I absolutely fall in love with every time I watch him play. The size, it might be a slight issue, but I really don't think it will be just based on the way he plays. He's so instinctual. He's such good awareness for what's going on around him. He's so versatile, so multidimensional in his ability to play in the nickel, can play your single high free safety, and can play down in the box, pound for pound, the best tackler in this draft. I just really love the player. I think he is a chess piece on defense that you can do a lot with, similar to how the Steelers use Minka Fitzpatrick 
in so many different roles. I think he's a very, very similar type of player. Doesn't have the 10 extra pounds that Minka has, but I think you can do a lot of the same things with him. So I have Brian Branch really high. I think he may fall a little bit in this draft, but when you come out of it, you're going to have one of the best players in the draft after you take him. So I think maybe he he may end up falling into the second round, but he's going to be such an impactful player from day one. I really believe it. Yeah, I mean, I think second round, you get him at great value. I think the one concern I had with him where he's not in my top 25, just the the speed, not even so much. As, I just don't really see him like cover too much in man, like the, like downfield. And I feel like I wonder how that speed, that lack of speed rather, is going to play in that. I don't know. For someone who's going to be a nickel, like you assume he's going to be a nickel corner, like he's going to have to man up with people on third down. And with the slot receivers in today's day, I mean, unless you have help over the top, I think there's just a little bit of room for concern there. I love his play around the line of scrimmage, though. I love him as a blitzer. I love all that. Love him in his own coverage. Just the man coverage is the one slight concern I had for him. Yeah, the the thing with the speed that I was like struggling to get over with is because it didn't show up during the combine. But when you watch him on tape, he plays so fucking fast because he knows what defenses are trying to do to him. They know how how they're trying to attack him. So his football IQ is so high, and I think it makes up for a little bit of lack of speed now. You can't get away with that with elite wide receivers. But I think for 80 to 90% of the wide receivers, that his football IQ and his football intelligence is going to get him over some of those athletic limitations. But I hear you on that. Let's keep it rolling here. Ray, who you got 21 through 25, round us out your top 25. Yeah, so uh, 21, I got Joey Porter Jr., cornerback from Penn State. 22, another one of my guys, Joe Tittman from Wisconsin, the center. Uh, 23, Brian Bercy from Clemson, defensive tackle. 24, Aditamiwa Adabware from Northwestern, defensive lineman, I'll just call him. And then 25, Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Arkansas. Um, a couple guys I got to touch on. Uh, Joe Tittman, he, I have him higher than most of you guys, or all, both of you guys, rather, and most other people I've seen. I just think the rare movement skills are just something that a lot of teams and offensive linemen coaches in general are, are looking for today kind of reminiscent of Kelsey and just seeing Kelsey block out in space, having a center that can do that. I think it's just so valuable in today's NFL. So I, I love him. I think the ceiling his I think the sky's the limit for this player. And then Adabari is very similar in that sense. I just think his get off and his length in particular are just two very rare traits that he has. I think he puts on a little extra pounds uh, where he can play three tech full time. I think he's going to be a fucking problem. But even right now coming into the league, I think he can play end and base and then kick inside for passing downs. I just think he's got a ton of a huge ceiling. So that's why I have him in my top 25. Nice. Dean, round us out with your 21 through 25. Yeah. At uh, 21, I have my wide receiver two, and that's going to be Zay Flowers out of BC. You got 22. I have Miles Murphy, uh, Edge out of Clemson, 23. Brian Brissy, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Joe, uh, 24, I have Joey Porter Jr., corner out of Penn State. And then 25, got to have him in there. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. It, it, w- it wouldn't feel right. Say it with your chest. Say, I'm saying it with my chest. Uh, it's Keanu Benton, Wisconsin defensive tackle. I, I could not leave him out of there. I, I just – I want him on my football team on like so bad so uh I, I guess I'll 
first start off with uh, I got Zay Flowers. I believe I'm the only one who has Zay Flowers in my top 25. Obviously, he generated a lot of buzz, uh, adding on another 10 pounds to that uh, very slight stature and slight frame that people were putting into question. And he looked very healthy. He looked really healthy. He was moving perfect. He, he looks he's a beast. He really does. He gives he obviously gives a little bit of Tyreek Hill vibes, which I mean, I for my money, Tyreek Hill has been the best wide receiver in football over the past five years. But, uh, you know, highly, highly productive with fucking a guy at a gas station throwing to him a thousand seventy seven yards, 12 touchdowns he, for his size, the way he is in contested catches should not be allowed his yak ability his speed his versatility to play inside outside i mean i i honestly was going to put him even wide receiver one just a tad over quentin johnson but uh i mean zay flowers is everything you want and so uh that uh, I guess I should talk a little bit against Bet about Benton, but I mean I've talked about him at nauseum. It it seems almost repetitive now, but the guy could do everything you want your D tackle to do. And again, this is going to be a guy that's he's a single. He's a guy that's going to be a contributor on your football team at a high snap rate. He, he he's a guy who could easily play 60-70% right out the gate as as a rookie and I don't think that's exaggerating. And I think you go get Keanu Benton Benton and you know that your running defense is going to get better and he could still penetrate and make that pocket uncomfortable for the opposing quarterback which we know is an extremely valuable asset to have in the NFL. So, All right. I like it. Hey. Keanu Benton, no matter what, baby. People get so caught up in hitting in hitting home runs during the draft. Sometimes you need some singles and doubles. Those are the guys that round. Do not out get me wrong. Benton has a he has a ton of twitch and a ton of potential as well. But his floor is great. Right, it, it cannot be doubted. All right, I'll round us out here with the top 25. 21 through twenty five. I have Will Levis at twenty one. I have Joey Porter Jr. at twenty two. Nolan Smith at twenty three. And I have Darnell Washington from Georgia at 24 and John Michael Schmitz at 25. I have a few guys, I guess, that I kind of need to touch on. I'm a little bit lower than you guys on Will Levis. And I think people know when they've been listening to this podcast that I've been a little bit lower on Will Levis. I just think the processing and I feel like the lack of awareness of when blitzers and when pressure is coming is the thing that I just cannot get off of. When I watch his tape, he's got elite traits. The arm talent is great. He's a really good athlete. He can fire the ball down the field. Um, but it's what between the ears is what wins you football games at, at the quarterback position. It always has and it always will be. Um, and I just don't think he's there yet. So I'm a little bit lower on Will Levis than you guys. Um, and then I'll go over John Michael Schmitz, who I have in, who has been a my guy throughout this whole process at, at 25 I just think his floor is super high. I just love the way he plays with leverage. I love the way he's got such great grip strength that he can literally just turn defenders in any direction that he wants them to go. Literally clears lanes so easily for his running backs. Love the wrestler background. We talk about that all the time in our offensive linemen. We absolutely love that, and we've seen that lead to really good play on the football field again. He's not going to be a guy that 
you're going to see elite athleticism from, but I do think he has really good movement skills and good enough athleticism where he can be a Pro Bowl level center immediately. Um, so I got John Michael Schmitz at 25. I guess the last guy you guys don't have is is Darnell Washington, but he's been a guy that that I've loved, and I think his upside just with his his frame and his honestly his limited receiving uh, production so far, I think he can do a lot more than he's shown. Um, and he's going to be your sixth offensive lineman when he gets in there. So those are a few guys I just wanted to highlight. Yeah, I mean, I love me some Darnell Washington. He's at twenty eight for me. Um, all the the high ceiling, I think. Well, not the high ceiling, but. One of the highest uh, yeah, in, in the draft. I mean, he's an absolute specimen. Uh, I just want. I wish I could saw would have saw a little bit more. Obviously, receiving production, but when you have Brock Bowers uh, taking those snaps from you or those looks from you, it's kind of tough. So it's hard right. to blame him. All right, fellas, good stuff with our top twenty fives. Let's go through a couple guys that we didn't have. Uh, I went through thirty two. That's how I stacked mine up. But however many you have left as your uh your last few out let's go through right who you got just missed yeah, out yeah so i got i mean brian branch just missed out for me I, I mentioned it just the um speed concerns not even that just i, I want to see him play a little bit more man coverage i think you're going to need to do that at the next level uh jordan addison i i like him as a player i just don't know the ceiling in terms of um he's a little smaller smaller frame not the most athletic like specimen you'll see so i think he'll be solid but I don't think he's – I think it's just a weak wide receiver class in general. So it took. It was hard to only have one in my top 25, but he just missed out. And then uh, Michael Mayer, too, I'll touch on him just because I already touched on Darnell, Darnell Washington. But I think Michael Mayer is one of the safest players in this draft. Just the upside uh, ceiling-wise, I don't really see it, so that's why I kept him out of my top 25. But he, he's the type of guy he'll be a top 10 tight end, I feel like, for a few years in this league. He's just so consistent. Uh, knows how to use his body in short and tight areas. He's going to be a sticks guy. He's going to be on third down. You look for him. And then not to mention, he's just already such a capable blocker that he'll be able to see the field immediately. Nice, Dean. Who you just got just out? Uh, just outside for me, uh, most notable will probably be, of course, JSN. I believe you both had – I feel like you both had him in, like, your top 17, top 20 for sure. And, uh, I, I mean, I explained it – in depth on our wide receiver pod quite a quite a while ago and uh you know i really can't look past well i can look past the speed problems he has the wiggle and he has the the route running capabilities to especially since he is a slot to basically make that not a non-factor but not as important but i will add that speed does kill in this league and just like ray says all the time this is a copycat league so i i feel like teams will tend to look on him lower than a little bit most you know he, he's 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 facing different dudes in different com- competition frankly when he gets to the next level but after that it's just got to be durability he had one year with elite quarterback and and I feel like he was let's say uh he was a kind of a product of that offense two years ago which really was favorable for him in my opinion you had two elite guys on the outside drawing a ton ton of eyes a ton of over the top looks a ton of help and that boded perfect for JSN and personally that's why he even though he is in my top five wide receivers he is and he is just outside he's going to be in my top 32 but he is not uh in my top 25 after that I guess I would say Sidney Brown 
I really do think he has the elite traits that would make him a, a box safety akin to a, a Jamal Adams, but he just does not have the versatility and he does not have the polish of a Jamal Adams. So for that reason, he is not in my top 25. And uh, I guess lastly would be Jameer Gibbs. Does anyone have Jameer Gibbs in their top 25? Got him at 26. Oh, shoot. I have him very, very close as well. Uh, I mean... I guess it it has to be a tad bit of the position and the value of the position. It, you know, it's hard. You know, I still had Bijan Robinson at two. That's just because he's different. He really is. And I really do love the start stop ability, stop start ability, and the acceleration and the and the over the top speed, the burner speed that Jameer Gibbs has. He's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit slender, and he's just not. He really is a tier or two below Bijan Robinson for my money. Nice. I'll round us out here. So, like I just mentioned, I have Gibbs at 26. I have Osiris Torrance at 27. I have Dalton Kincaid at 28. Quentin Johnson, 29. Zay Flowers, 30. Keon White at 31. And then Joe Titman at 32. Um, I'll talk about Kincaid first. You guys both had him in your top 25. I really love Kincaid. Um, the thing I was kind of struggling with, and Dean mentioned it, at a position that is so hard to produce in your first couple of years, I just struggled to find a home for him, especially because he can't really block. Um, I just feel like it's so tough for these rookie tight ends to get on the field and make an impact, especially if they can't block. So I feel like you almost get phased out in your first year. Now, he is a special player as a wide receiver, but I just think in the, in the first year he might get washed out a little bit, but I think he's got all the upside in the world to be a very, very good tight end. Um, but really like the player still think he's worthy of being the first tight end taken, depending on what team takes him. Um, so I have him at 28 and then the other guy is another, my guy, Keon white at 31. Um, I know he's 24, but this is a guy that I fell in love with watching the tape. This guy brings it every fucking play um, is so violent with his hands. And for a guy who's 280, who could play as your three, four outside linebacker, he can also reduce inside if you needed him to. Um, he's got awesome length. He's got twitch. He's got speed. The play is erratic right now, but I think once he gets with a coaching staff, they're going to hone in on what he does well, and they're going to let him fire at the quarterback, and I think he's going to make an impact early. Um, so I really like Keon White. He's at 31 for me. Yeah, that's your, that's your guys. I'm a little lower on him than you, obviously. I think he was like, I don't even know, 50? No, 50. I think he was a little bit lower than that, 59 for me. Yeah, um, it's okay being it's okay being wrong sometimes, right? Yeah, you, huh. you, I, I've, you known always some, say- I've known some people who are wrong before. Not never me sure. personally, but I've known him. Do you, guys, do you guys really think that the inline blocking for Kincaid is that bad? It's not yes. good, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's a tight end. Really, I think they're just going to use him like Evan Ingram. Any team, I think, if you want to get the most out of him, and, and as a team who's going to draft them, you just use him like Evan Ingram. Gotcha. I, I I really do feel like, you know, he he is a guy that definitely looks like he has a frame not really fully filled out yet. I feel like he's going to add a little bit of mass there, and. I I saw capable blocking at times for sure. I feel like I feel like he'll predominantly be used, and and that's honestly without question. 
exactly how you just said, but I do not think it's impossible that a year or two, he, he will be also blocking when needed. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, a tad overblown. I know like guys like Daniel Jeremiah agree, but I, I don't know. I, I thought that before. I, yeah. I was just saying, I, I don't know if you, you heard that. I was just saying, I feel like, and you were talking about it. It's a position that is so hard to get on the field and produce right away. I think it, it's arguably the hardest position to to come on the field right away because you have to do so much. You have to be receiving and you have to be blocking. And I think if you're not blocking as a rookie tight end, it's really hard to find snaps for you. Yeah. So that's kind of just where I feel like in year one, especially that Mayer and Washington have a little bit more, I won't say upside, but I'll say ability to get on the field right away. But if he's taken in the first round, the Dalton kid, he's obviously going to be on the field. So that whole point might be moot. Um, But anyway, good stuff, fellas. We're here just a few short days away. I'm getting so fired up. So that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our big board episode. Stay with us. We got one more pod coming up before the draft. It is our final predictive mock draft the boys are going to be teaming up together and we're going to be picking every pick in the first round so that's going to be a lot of fun so stay tuned for that as always please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our twitter at two tackles with a number two and stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season fellas appreciate you peace love aaron Rodgers. <laughs>